We're looking forward to that. Good to have you. So good to have you. Ah, oh, here we go. Moving along. This end of October, but we're going to flip from our October theme. We're going to move into our next theme. Every year we uh, spend a couple weeks doing a prosperity program. And today is the kickoff of that program. So let's take a look at, uh, oh, I'm going to be in charge today. Let's see how I do. Okay, we've got 100 years of science of mind, which is our annual theme. We've got that going through the end of the year. November's theme for us starting today and for the next uh, through um, November will be prosperity, abundance, and wealth. I told you we switched, switched those, so not to confuse you. It says October, but we're going to use it all the way through November. And then uh, today's talk is God's bounty. God's bounty. But this is what I really want to show you. Thriving is giving and giving is thriving. Thriving is giving, giving is thriving. Reverend Megan created our logo for us. Isn't it beautiful? That's our logo for this year's campaign. And we're going to be talking about that uh, today. We're going to be talking about thriving and what does that look like to mean that we're thriving in our life. God's bounty. You know, we talked last week, I mentioned, would you like to go from simply surviving to thriving? And I think most of you would like that. Most of you would like that. I don't know how many of us would say, oh, I just want to get by. You know, uh, let's, let's see how we can do more than that. You know, uh, I, I, thriving is giving, giving is thriving. Thriving is giving, giving is thriving. And we put it in that circle like that because what comes first? Does the giving come first or the thriving come first? Does the thriving come first or the giving come first? You know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, and that's really where most of us get a little mixed up, is that we think we need to be thriving in order to be giving. And it actually works the other way around. It works both ways, but uh, giving is, is the way that we can activate. So when we talk about thriving, what exactly do we mean? What do we mean about thriving? You know, I looked up the definition, and it says to prosper, be fortunate, or successful. It's like, okay, that's okay, right? But then the second one I really liked, to grow or develop vigorously or to flourish. I love the idea of flourishing. To flourish, to flourish. So, of course, I had to look at flourish. What does flourish mean? To grow or develop in a healthier, vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. A particularly favorable environment. How do we create that environment in which we can thrive? Grow, prosper, burgeon, increase, multiply, or proliferate. Proliferate. Sign me up for that. I like those words. I like those words a lot. You know, I so said, how do I create that environment? How do we create that environment in which we thrive? You know, who wouldn't want to, right? Who wouldn't want to prosper? Who wouldn't want to flourish? You know, life is about expansion, you know. Do you want to just uh, get by, as I said earlier? Do you want to go to work, come home, sit in front of the TV, maybe go one week vacation a year, you know, just kind of get by? Or do you want to thrive? Do you want to have joy and laughter and play in your life? Do you want to dance? Do you want to sing? Do you want to travel whenever you want to travel? Do you want to have enough income to do what you want to do with who you want to do it when you want to do it? Right? Do you want to be able to give to those things that are important to you? Do you want to be able to give to the causes that are important to you? Do you want to be able to help your children? Do you want to be able to help your grandchildren? You know, do we want to flourish? Do we want to expand? Do we want to live in this world of abundance and prosperity? You know, to move beyond simple surviving to thriving. You know, and God's bounty is available to all of us. It really is. You know, and we can learn so much, and I do, from nature. 
We learn so much from nature. I think about the abundance of the universe, you know, because we can look around us, especially here, you know, truly everywhere, but where we live on this peninsula, we can look around us and see the abundance, the abundance of trees, the abundance of leaves on one tree. Multiply that by all the trees, right? When we walk down the trails, can you just see the abundance? Can you see the abundance of the plants and the landscapes? I mean, we live in this agricultural hotbed, right? When we go by where the crops are being grown, we can really see it, right? One day, they're harvesting the, the field, and, and then there's nothing, and then before you know it, it's full of fruits or vegetables again right? And they're being harvested, and we see it, and it goes out through the world. I remember Bobby saying to me uh, once uh, that she was traveling, I think it was in Switzerland, Bobby was, and she went into the grocery store, and there in Switzerland, there wasn't a lot of fresh produce like we have here, but they had a head of lettuce there, and on the label, it said from Salinas, right? Right? And so, I mean, our, what we have here, we go out to the world. It goes out to the world. We feed so many you know, within our bodies, think of the abundance in our body. Think of all the red blood cells, all the white blood cells, all the veins, all the muscles, all the organs. All, you know, we have abundance. We were set up to live in abundance. When I was a little child, I was a worrier. I don't know if any of you were worriers, but I was a worrier from as long as I can remember. From a very young age, I worried. I worried about everything. Um, and there was a comfort, I had comfort from this one of the things in the Bible that we used to read that really gave me comfort, and it still does today. I just love this verse. And I'm just going to read a little bit to, to you. Matthew 6.25, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yes, I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? That always just gave me such comfort. Because I would think that as a child. I would think, well, God does take care of the birds. God does take care of the, the animals. They have what they need to eat. They have all the seeds that they need, right? They have everything. So, of course, I could trust that I would be taken care of. But that was a hard-learned lesson for me. I didn't just start out trusting. And today, you know, as I was exploring this topic, or we're going to be going on over the next couple of weeks, I saw some areas that I'm not trusting, that I'm still not trusting completely in the divine. Some areas where I hold back, maybe I need to take charge of this little area, right? And so I'm always willing to grow and expand and to learn more. We used to sing that song in a five o'clock mass, guitar mass. Uh, that verse is, do not worry over what to eat, what to wear, or put upon your feet. Trust and pray, just do your best today. Leave it in the hands of the, and then Amber would have to do the big Lord, um, you know. But I used to sing that as a little child, you know, trust and pray, just do your best today. Leave it in the hands of the Lord. You know, leave it in the hands of the Lord. And, uh, you know, so there I think we find our first clue into creating this environment in which we thrive. It's putting God first. It's putting God first, you know. So many times we have it backwards, you know. The kingdom of heaven comes first. 
Are we thinking of God first? Are we thinking of spirit always? Are we thinking of source always? Are we remembering that first? First comes our, our connection with source and everything else follows. And everything else follows. You know, we live in this world of abundance everywhere we look. Everywhere we look. You know, but you might say, yeah, Reverend Debbie, everywhere I look I see abundance in nature. But in my own house, in my own purse, I don't see it. Right? Oh, I get you. There's abundance out there. But for me, not so much. And what I'm going to say to you is it because you don't believe it. Because you don't believe it. Right? And that might sound harsh. But the truth is that we are masters of our own world. We can create the world that we live in. Either you don't believe it, or you don't believe that you're worthy of it, or you think it's too hard, or it's meant for other people. There's some old belief that's operating in you that is keeping you from your good. So to set us up for this life of thriving, we need to kind of be that uh, archaeologist of our own belief system and go within and look and see, what is it that I believe about money? What is it that I believe about abundance? What is it I believe about having a good relationship? What is it I believe about having lots of close friends that trust each other and have each other's back? And as we start to look at those beliefs, we can see the ones that are keeping us small. That are keeping us small. You know, we've talked about the laws of prosperity lots of times, you know, and I'm not going to get into the laws today. We'll talk about them a little bit next week. You know, but every week at offering time, I remind you, you know, that as we give, we receive, and that's truly the way that the law works. If abundance is not showing up in your life, is there any of you in your life that you are simply surviving? You can change that. You have the power to open the floodgates. You know, imagine that you're standing in the middle of a beautiful waterfall, right? And the water is flowing over you, and you're standing there, and you're in this stream. You're in this divine stream of abundance. This waterfall is flowing over you, and you're hiding. And you're thinking, don't get me wet. You're curled up in a ball, right? Or are you standing open-armed with open heart and saying, wash over me? Wash over me. Fill me to overflowing. You know, are you coming with a big bucket to catch all the water? Are you coming with a little thing like, please, God, give me just a little, right? We get what we ask for. We get what we ask for. You know, that, how are you showing up in life? How are you showing up, you know? And one of the other principles that I think is really important to get is that the divine flows from the inside out, not from the outside in, right? How many of us think that our good is coming to us from somebody outside of us? Our good is coming to us from our job. Our good is coming to us from the stock market. Our good is coming to us from our partner. Our good is coming to us from our friends. No, your good is being expressed from within. It's that whole idea that we must give in order to receive. It's part of that same cycle. What are you putting out into the world to make room for more to come in? Our good begins within. Our good begins within. You know, we might think it's backwards. You know, and this might require a complete reversal of our thinking. It's certainly a reversal of a lot that we learned growing up. 
right? A lot that we learned maybe in our families of origin. And maybe some of our families were tithers. Maybe some of our families were givers. Maybe some of our families practiced these principles and you saw it. I saw story after story after story on the internet in researching for today of families that were tithers and that people got it at a very young age, that that's what they needed to do. You know, and it's not even so much tithing, because that word brings up weird things for people. It's giving. It's giving of your time, your talent, and your treasures. It's not just about giving money. It's giving with what you have where you're at. There's a story of a man, and I'm going to try to say his name right, Letourneau. R.G. Letourneau. He was an industrialist who dedicated his life to being a businessman for God. That's what he said. He started as a very poor individual. And he, during the Depression, he bought his first big earth-moving equipment. And he was only uh, completed the sixth grade, but he did a lot of uh, correspondence courses, and he'd studied it, and he'd read anything about mechanics, and he loved mechanics. At, at his passing, he had 300 patents under his name. He created a lot of, they said he was the man that moved mountains, because he created the big earth-moving machines, and he had lots of those. And one of the things that he decided in his life is that he was going to give, and his goal was to give 90% of what he made and live on 10%, and live on 10%. So he continued through his life to give more, and to give more, and to give more, until he got to that 90%, and this is what he said. He said, I shovel out the money, and God shovels it back. But God has a bigger shovel, right? It keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. You know, you may be thinking, yeah, if I was a millionaire, I'd have no problem giving 90% too. You know, but he wasn't a millionaire when he began this. He wasn't a millionaire. Him and his wife made a decision. They made a decision to practice the principles. You know, as a gentle reminder, you know, that whatever percentage of your income that you're currently giving, see if you can stretch it just a little bit. I don't expect any of us to get to 90%. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could? But, you know, if you're giving five, can you give 10? You know, what little bit can we stretch to set the goal to expand? And Frank said this, which I think is quite true. No one has ever become poor by giving. No one has ever become poor by giving. So moving from surviving to thriving. Not only do I want each one of you to thrive, that is my joy, that is my vision for each of you that you're thriving, that you're having more of everything that you need in your life. You know, but it's also my vision for our center, for Monterey Center for Spiritual Living. You know, we are so blessed. We have this amazing building. Now, our building, you know, we don't have a mortgage on it. Most of you know that. We own our building outright. Very unusual circumstance for a center for spiritual living, to not have a mortgage. We are so blessed with this building. We have an entire first floor. If you haven't been down there, ask one of the board members to take you down there and show you. It is waiting for us to fill it in. It's down to the studs right now. We've got the electrical and I think some of the plumbing in there. But we're ready to step in. We've got a building committee that's going to meet here in December and start visioning what can that look like down there. We have so many plans and so many dreams and so many programs that we can bring to the center if we had that space. 
We're wanting to create that and have that. We are blessed with so many, uh, with a dedicated core group of individuals who have stuck by the center with the, all the changes and things that have happened over the years. We have people who have been here since 1962, and they're still here. We have people that are dedicated to caring for our building. They come here on their off time. You know, we have this ring thing on the front door now so we can see as people come and go. And these people come and they work and they clean and they garden and they love our building. They take care of it. We have congregants that are dedicated to giving, that are pledgers, that are tithers, that give, that help to keep our doors open. We are so, so blessed. One of the things that I hope that you're able to get behind is not just our building and not just our center, but our global vision. You know, what is it about if I give to this center, if I step up and I say, yeah, count me in, Reverend Debbie, what am I counting myself into? You know, this world that works for everyone, a world that works for everyone, and what does that mean? You know, we have our global vision, and I know that you've probably heard us speak of it. I made some copies, and Richard put them out on the table for you. If you want to take it home and see, what is this thing that Centers of Spiritual Living is really about? Is it in alignment with what I'm about? Is it what I want to give to in the world? You know, it's things like uh, we see a world that works for everyone, where all life is honored as expressions of the divine. Yeah, sign me up for that. You know, where people live according to spiritual truth where a humanity awakens to its spiritual magnificence, where we live as one global family, mm. you know, where kinship with all life prospers, where we are called to conscious social action, where there's peace, harmony, and justice for all. And it goes on. I invite you to pick up a copy and take a look at it. Can I sign up for that? Can you agree with this kind of world? Are you wanting to support it and create it with your love and your dollars? In February of this year, I can't believe it was February, 12 of us came together with Dr. Kathy Hearn. Dr. Kathy Hearn is a, uh, she was, was a past spiritual uh, leader of our entire movement. She's now the dean of the San Diego campus of the Holmes Institute, and she's also the dean of all um, ministerial um, training. So Dr. Kathy, and she's well known for doing the co-creation process. So we invited 12 individuals from the center here, and we tried to get a good cross-mix. We had old and new, old members and new members. We had older individuals, and we had younger individuals. We had members, and we had non-members. We had people that had been here for a long time. We had people that were brand new. We had people that were straight. We had people that were gay. We wanted to have a whole inclusive group to come together and to create what's called the co-creation process, do the co-creation process and come up with our covenant. And why we wanted to do that is you all had created a vision. You had done it when you called in a minister. And I had my vision of what I would like to create. And we decided it was time to come together and create a joint vision. And it was a wonderful experience. It was a wonderful thing to do. And so I want to share with you today what that vision looks like. Let's see. How come I'm not going, John? Aha! So 
what we did is we listed all the things we thought were working well, and then we listed things we thought we weren't working well, and then anybody had these little stickers, these little dots, and we got to go up and put the dots on our top things. And then from those top things that we all agreed on, we created a covenant. We created a covenant. And the first intention of our covenant is to move forward together as one unified body, that we come together with this joint vision, that we have a joint vision for our center that we move forward in. The next one is to be visible and reveal who we are. How many times have you heard that science of mind or religious science is the best kept secret? Right? Like, why don't more people know about this? People often say when they come into our teaching for the first time, I was looking for you all along. How come I didn't know about you? Right? So we want to reveal who we are. We want to be out on the peninsula where people say, oh, yeah, that church on the corner, that science of mind. No, it's not Scientology. Right? It's a Science of Mind Church. It's a Center for Spiritual Living. It's an amazing building. How many people come through our doors and we hear this all the time? I had no idea this was inside here. It's beautiful. Right? When you're on the outside, you don't always know. So we want to be visible. We want to make ourselves known. We want to touch and transform lives. That's what we're about. We don't want you just to come here on Sunday and go, oh, that was nice. It was good. I had coffee with some friends and blah, blah. Amber was great. We love listening to her. But no, I want you to transform your life. I want stuff to happen in your world, in your home. I want you to prosper. I want you to thrive. We all do. To engage new people in the life of our center. We love it that new people come through our doors. And we live in an area where people vacation. And so we get people to come and visit us. And we might not see them again until next year when they're on vacation. But we want to engage new people. I love it when new faces show up and they come week after week after week. We're loving it. We're growing. We're thriving. How can we get new people to be involved, excited, take classes, be here with us? To embrace people of all ages, face, race, and sexual identities. It was very important to us that we're inclusive, that everyone is welcome here. We say that all the time, but we really mean it. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you're Jewish or Buddhist or Christian, you're welcome here. We honor all paths to God. And we want our doors to be open, our hearts to be open. And finally, to be prospered and supported in the fulfillment of these intentions. Yes. You know, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, I think, were the first that did this whole idea. They did a covenant with God when they started Unity. And their covenant, the very last line, they say, and we expect to be taken care of. And we expect to be taken care of. And they were. They always were. This is really tiny, and I'm sorry, but I, I have it on the next page a little bit bigger. We had a word of God, which was our word that we chose was wholeness, whole. And then we had the quote is from Ernest Holmes, let us seek wholeness above all else. And our vision, and you see it on our new website, is a joyous, thriving, diverse community. That's what we see, a joyous, thriving, diverse community. That's the intention we're casting. And I'm asking you to join us in casting that intention for the center, that we move forward together, knowing these intentions. And you probably remember that uh, when you were calling in a minister, each week you all did the prayer together. And I'm not going to have you do it, or we're not going to do it each week. We would like to read it at board meetings and other more meetings when we come together, but I'd like us to say it together today, to just cement it. And there's copies of it for you to take home. 
So those of you that agree to any of what I've said, please join me as we say the covenant prayer. There is only one life. This life is good. This life is God. This life is my life now. I knowing that I am one with this life that is God, therefore know that I am one with all of its blessed expressions, which include this beautiful revelation called Monterey Center for Spiritual Living. Because I know that the highest purpose of Monterey Center for Spiritual Living is to glorify God, I therefore know that Monterey CSL is a revolution of God as wholeness. As I stand alone in the high altar of consciousness, I see Monterey Center for Spiritual Living revealed before me as a joyful, thriving, diverse community. I participate in Monterey CSL in full cooperation and agreement with my beloved partners, knowing the truth about myself. For, now these are our intentions, I am moving forward together with my community as one unified body. I am visible and revealing who we are. I am touching and transforming lives. I am engaging new people in the life of our center. I am embracing people of all ages, faiths, race, and sexual identities. I am being fully supported and abundantly prospered in the fulfillment of these intentions. I know that Monterey Center for Spiritual Living is fully supported by the word of God, for it is written, let us seek wholeness above all else. As I now accept the highest expression of Monterey Center for Spiritual Living into my life, I know that it is revealed in a way that expresses God and serves the highest and greatest good of all who are touched by its enfoldment. I am grateful God is good. So be it now. Amen. And so it is. So glad that you're here today. So glad you're here. Thank you. So, should we have Amber come on back? Yes.